0: Good morning, this is Paul Donovan, Chief Economist at UBS Global Wealth Management. It's 6.30 in the morning London time on Monday the 7th of November. Asian financial markets have become very excited about rumours that China will relax its zero Covid policy restrictions. There is nothing an intelligent person can say about the possibility of these restrictions being relaxed. This is based off of unsubstantiated reports and any attempt to analyse those reports would also be unsubstantiated. The more interesting question is what a relaxation of zero-Covid policies might mean. The important economic impact of zero-Covid is less through the disruption of shutting down relatively small areas of the economy, and more about fear. Right from the start of the pandemic, it is fear, rather than the virus, that has been the dominant economic concern. Will ending zero Covid or lessening zero Covid policies reduce fear levels in China? In particular, will such a move lead to a reduction in the rate of precautionary savings, people saving money in anticipation of potentially being unable to work? This is a very different situation from developed economies reopening. There, domestic demand improved immediately, because social security safety nets and savings accumulated during the pandemic meant that there was no need to have precautionary savings at all. And the only question was whether fear levels were low enough to allow people out of their houses to spend money. So, amidst the enthusiasm, it's worthwhile reiterating that China's reopening, whenever it comes, is not necessarily going to follow the same pattern as those in the developed world. One reason markets may be so keen to believe in an easing of domestic Chinese restrictions is the weakness of external demand, at least as reported in the Chinese export data. Both imports and exports in October were notably weaker than expected. China sits at the end of a lot of global manufacturing processes, so this is indicative of weakening demand for global goods. So a jump from weaker trade, weaker demand for goods to global recession is a very big leap to take, however. Remember that what is so peculiar about last year is that the increase in demand for goods came at the expense of spending on services. Not only is that balance normalizing this year, but demand for durable goods may well sink below normal in the coming quarters, because 2021 and early 2022 demand cannibalized late 2022 and 2023 demand. Supply exceeding demand for durable goods was almost inevitable, as was the powerful disinflation force that has been unleashed in durable goods prices. To talk of a global manufacturing recession is a lot more plausible than using this data to support a broader economic slowdown. German industrial production for September is due. As ever, do remember the bias to revisions The monthly change has been revised stronger 70% of the time this year, including the last two data releases. There's a lot of angst about the impact of higher energy prices on competitiveness etc, but firms do adapt in the face of such problems. The US economy has been significantly less energy efficient than that of Europe for decades and has managed to survive nonetheless. ECB President Lagarde is scheduled to speak because we've not had the benefit of listening to ECB President Lagarde since last Friday. In the United States, there is the release of consumer credit data. This is worth having a look at, as leveraging the household balance sheet has become a key part of sustaining consumer spending in the face of catastrophically negative real wage growth. A rise in consumer credit can be interpreted as a good news, bad news story. The good news is that it suggests sustained consumer demand. The bad news is that it suggests the impact of negative real incomes is becoming ever more damaging, especially for lower income households. That's all for today. Have a good day.